Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. This proverb is not referring to some supernatural power of spoken words to create death or life. Sadly, that's the way the cults and even New Age occultists abuse this text to promote their own metaphysical cult doctrines. But the truth of this proverb is very natural and practical. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. The tongue of a false witness, for example, has led to untold numbers of innocent, or at least not guilty as charged, victims to be wrongfully imprisoned and even executed. On the other hand, brave witnesses have chosen to speak, uh, even in the face of death threats and other forms of intimidation, and they made sure that the bad guy was put away, and in many cases, the good, honest witnesses have saved the accused from being wrongfully imprisoned or executed. The tongue can be used to bring about life and goodness or death and wickedness. One example that comes to mind is yelling fire in a crowded theater. Uh, this could cause people to trample over one another resulting in injuries and even death. Now the legal geeks love to pipe up and use the power of their tongue to claim that it is actually not a crime to yell fire in a crowded theater but they're splitting hairs. It's true that if you yell fire in a crowded theater, you won't be charged with the act of yelling or with using the word fire. However, the charge you'll face is something along the lines of inciting imminent lawless action. In other words, you will be charged for inciting panic and a riot and held responsible for the injuries resulting from the panic and riot that you incited by yelling fire <laughs> in that crowded theater or crowded facility of any sort. So don't let the legal Pharisees fool you or confuse you. If you yell fire in a crowded room and any damages or injuries result from that act, including financial damages caused by the disruption of the event, the damages to equipment or furniture, the structural damages, etc., you'll find yourself in cuffs and in legal trouble. But that's just one of many examples of the power of the tongue in a very practical sense as uh, our proverb is teaching. Matthew Henry's devotional comments are so clear and helpful and his comments on this proverb are no different. He says, quote, A man may do a great deal of good or a great deal of hurt, both to others and to himself, according to the use he makes of his tongue. Many a one has been his own death by a foul tongue or the death of others by a false tongue. And on the contrary, many a one has saved his own life or procured the comfort of it by a prudent, gentle tongue and saved the lives of others by a seasonable testimony or intercession for them." End quote. And of course, Jesus puts things into perspective when he talks about the implication of our tongues and the words that come out of our mouth. God puts great emphasis on how we use our tongue and the words that we let fly. As Jesus said in Matthew 12, 35-37, words of Jesus Christ, quote, A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof, in the day of judgment. 
For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. That's the power of the tongue. We have more to cover on this subject. In our next Proverb devotional, we'll discuss death in the power of the tongue. But in the meantime, let us all focus our attention on our own words, and let us all pray with the psalmist who prayed these words as found in Psalm 19, verse 14, quote, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. That covers it all, really. We need to look at some specifics, but if our words please the Lord, then we will use our tongue wisely.